I'm Abby Hornacek. This is Tucker Carlson. And I'm Jessica Tarlov. This is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. I'm Trey Yingst. As the world's most vulnerable countries prepare for more coronavirus infections, the United States Institute of Peace hopes the outbreak could encourage positive change. The realization that there's a larger common enemy can cause parties to a conflict to rethink um, what they prioritize. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. The United States Institute of Peace plays an important role in preventing, mitigating, and resolving violent conflict around the world. Now the organization is adding to the coronavirus conversation with panels, research, and training aimed at helping vulnerable people in numerous areas. The experience that organizations like USIP and specific individuals have in combating previous disease outbreaks such as Ebola is proving invaluable during these uncertain times. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from the president and CEO of the U.S. Institute of Peace, Nancy Lindborg. Starting first, though, in Yemen, where an outbreak of COVID-19 is reportedly spreading quickly. New drone video captured by Sky News shows graves being dug in the southern city of Aden, reportedly for COVID-19 victims. Limited testing and international attention makes it difficult to know the true extent of the spread. More than 24 million people in Yemen, roughly 80% of the population, relies on humanitarian aid to survive, while the UN is warning that coronavirus could have dire consequences for the country. Now to Syria, where concerns of government censorship surrounding COVID-19 are rising. The Syrian health ministry is reporting just 59 confirmed cases of coronavirus and is only measuring in areas controlled by the Assad regime. Officials worry the infection tally is far too low and that populations, particularly in Syria's war-torn Idlib province, are at extreme risk. One fellow at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace describes Syrian President Bashar al-Assad as using the pandemic for political gain. Finally, in the Gaza Strip, officials are reporting seven active cases of coronavirus after three new positive results overnight. The low number is a relief for the Palestinian health ministry, who feared a COVID-19 outbreak could spread rapidly among the population of nearly 2 million. Hamas, the group in control of Gaza, tells the Fox News rundown they continue to appeal to international bodies for more aid to enter the Strip. Overnight, a United Arab Emirates flight landed in Tel Aviv, Israel for the first time. The plane was loaded with aid for Palestinians in the region. With coronavirus touching populations of people in areas already affected by conflict and disease, there is concern about rapid spread, but hope that international organizations will be able to use past experiences to contain the coronavirus. During times like now of global crisis, what we are looking very closely at and working on is understanding how the COVID pandemic can exacerbate the potential for conflict. This is Nancy Lindborg, the president and CEO of the U.S. Institute of Peace. She joins us today from just outside Washington. Particularly in those very, very fragile states where you have deep social mistrust and lots of social fragmentation, but also where are those opportunities for the pandemic to create opportunities for peace? Um, new new commitments to cooperation or people rethink um, what their pathways are. Before becoming the president and CEO of the U.S. Institute of Peace, you were at USAID leading the Ebola response back in 2014. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this. I, looking back at 2014, 
what similarities do you see between the Ebola outbreak and the coronavirus outbreak that we're seeing now? Well, I'm seeing a lot of similarities uh, with one big difference. And the big difference is that, you know, as lethal and terrifying as the Ebola virus is because of the way that you die from it, it was nowhere near as contagious. And the one thing that the experts always talked about as their big fear was a, a, a lethal but airborne virus, which is what we have right now. Um, the similarities are that uh, as, as Ebola went into West Africa, those three West African nations were very, very fragile, and two of them were just coming out of decades of violent civil war. And what, what I came away with was the importance, above all, of citizen trust in their government, that when citizens believe and trust the messages coming out of their government, the, the virus is contained more effectively. Because in the case of Liberia, the government was saying all the right things in terms of how to stay safe. You could actually easily keep yourself away from the Ebola virus, not touching the fluids of somebody who was infected by the virus. But it, they just didn't trust any, anything that the government said. So it took getting very trusted messengers, faith leaders, community leaders, to be the purveyors of those messages to start to make an impact and turn that around. And we're seeing that now today around the world where people, when they don't trust what their government is telling them, they're less willing to take the measures that would be most effective in containing the virus. Absolutely. And I think the role that USIP plays today as an independent, nonpartisan, federally funded institute is a unique role because we're seeing politics bleed into this pandemic. And a lot of the conversations taking place on Capitol Hill lead back to constituents in different areas of the United States. But what I've found unique about USIP and the ability of your experts to speak objectively on this topic. So moving forward, I mean, what is the organization doing to continue to advise countries and leaders around the world? And how do you see this outbreak interfering, helping or hurting current conflicts that we see around the globe? You know, we published a book in 2011 called Peace and Pandemics, which uh, was by um, uh, Professor uh, William Long, looking at case studies where unexpected conflict or natural, sorry, unexpected natural disasters or diseases created new, um, new opportunities for cooperation. So, for example, in the Indian Ocean tsunami, um, the Aceh conflict with the Indonesian government was suddenly resolved in, in uh, a new spirit of cooperation. And in the MIRS epidemic, um, Jordan, Israel, and the Palestinian Authority came together uh, to create new forms of cooperation to combat that virus jointly. And that cooperation actually has continued through today. So we, we highlight the places and the ways in which um, the realization that there's a larger common enemy can cause parties to a conflict to rethink um, what they prioritize. Um, 
we're seeing now today the the uh, Saudis have declared a unilateral ceasefire that they just extended in Yemen. Um, there was a call yesterday by the UN envoy to Syria for U.S. and Russia to really push hard for new talks, even as a very tenuous ceasefire in Idlib has continued. So understanding that it's in everybody's common interest to get these pandemics under control uh, and this spirit of humanitarian ceasefire that we are seeing, that sometimes can create the conditions for a longer-term ceasefire so that the hard work of diplomatic talks and action can occur. You've been listening to Nancy Lindborg, the president and CEO of the U.S. Institute of Peace. We'll be right back after a short break. Finally, I wanted to ask you, because you have such an extensive career in humanitarian work and peace and conflict resolution, from a humanitarian angle and a human angle, what do you think the key to success for these countries around the world is what do they need to focus on at a a human level in order to move forward and actually use this as an opportunity for growth rather than getting deeper into these conflicts? You know, I think in, in every country, whether, uh, you you know, not just Syria and Yemen, but all of these countries uh, that have conflict and, and, you know, other diseases that they're fighting hunger, insecurity um, in, in the, instance of the Horn of Africa, you also have the desert locust, you know, so you've got these enormous pressures and um, extraordinary um, uh, possibilities of deeper tragedy ahead. You also have these ongoing, inspiring, incredible stories of, of, of human courage and of reaching out and of trying to find ways um, to build bridges across divides at the community level or at the national level. And um, we've we've seen in places like um, Khartoum in Sudan that's just gone through this significant transition that a lot of the community groups are doing their own handmade hand sanitizer and passing them out for free with the communities um, and along with a lot of information of how how to stay safe. Um, we, I, we just had a youth activist from Yemen uh, on a panel that we did last week uh, talking about the way that the youth of Yemen really do have this hope for a better future and are organizing even now, um, many often online, through online means, um, to, get their, to get other youth activists to be pressing for peace. Um, and in Afghanistan, where there is this very nascent peace process underway, uh, the calls for peace from all parts of that country remain quite high. And I, we just had a, um, uh, saw a video from a group that we work with in Balkh province. A group of women have gotten together and made masks that they're passing out with the word peace in the local language on the on the mask and they've passed out many thousands of those. So there's, there's, you know, this indomitable human spirit that continues um, to, to see what they want, which is health and peace and a decent living for their family. And they press forward um, and they're putting pressure on their governments to uh, move in that direction as well. It's fascinating work uh, that USIP does. And, 
really the masks made by those women in Afghanistan, I think, like you said, really highlights the global human spirit to persevere through times like this amid this global pandemic. Nancy Lindborg, the president and CEO of the U.S. Institute of Peace. Nancy, thanks again for your time. Thank you, Trace. Great to be with you this morning. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com.